0: Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, which features the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. The level of trust in the workplace significantly influences organisational effectiveness and productivity. While trust is difficult to define and measure in organisations, it is becoming more crucial to develop and encourage it, especially in today's complex, volatile business environment. While some research emphasise the concepts of ability, benevolence and integrity as means of increasing trust in organisations, are their effects the same for all members of an organisation and across all cultures? Tan Hui-hun is an associate professor of organizational behavior and human resources at the SMU Chian School of Business. She has been researching on organizational trusts for the past 15 years and was recently awarded, together with her co-researchers, core a research grant of over $1.2 million to examine cross-cultural organizational trust. In this podcast, Associate Professor Tan discusses her research, which examines trust building between subordinates and supervisors in four countries China, India, Turkey, and the Netherlands. Professor, I understand that you've been researching on organizational trust for the past 15 years. Can you tell us what sparked your interest in this research area? Well, what happened was uh, about
1: 20 years ago, well, there was a paper that came out that talked about how for people to trust, they look at three factors of trustworthiness. Ability, meaning how competent you are in a job. Benevolence, um, the extent to which people have good intentions towards you. And integrity, All right, meaning values you know that you hold dear. Now, when I looked at it, the first thing that struck me was, well, it came from a largely American context, North America. So, does it apply across different cultures and, more importantly, how do individuals in different roles in organisations um, decide on how they trust? So, for example, if a subordinate, when he decides to trust a supervisor, um, what does he place importance in versus a supervisor trusting a subordinate? So, that was actually the first um, thing that came to my mind. Subsequently, if you look around the world, you know uh, the world is getting more uncertain. Um, there's a lot of disruption. Um, knowledge workers uh, are the norm now, and we are increasingly doing very complex, uh, very team based kind of work. So, the notion of trust uh, became more important because you cannot check how people are doing their work because you have to trust their professional ability and you have to trust their integrity. So, you know, trust become very salient. The third thing that happened, of course, was the uh, Context, right? Uh, all the different crises that happen, the financial crisis, etc. And in general, I think people have very low trust in each other. And of course, uh, recent events around the world also showed us that you know trust is sorely and severely lacking. So I think this is a topic that uh, resonates with me, and is something that I really want to put effort in in understanding how trust can happen between individuals and more importantly, between individuals who are very different, be it roles, be it
0: culture, be it um, nationality. In terms of research literature, what and how much do we know about how people in organisations trust each other? So currently the most seminal piece of work um, by
1: Roger, Mayer and Davis, published in 1995, talked about the ability, benevolence and integrity concepts which they termed um, factors of trustworthiness, uh, which I mentioned earlier. So the A, ability, B, benevolence, I, integrity uh, are the main cornerstone um, of people's decision making when they decide to trust. Now um, what has not really happened is there hasn't been a lot of work cross-culturally like I mentioned earlier, and more importantly, how do people you in different roles trust each other and what do they place importance in? Now, the work that I've been doing with Arzu Asti of Sabancı University in Turkey uh, had spanned um, close to 10 to 15 years, and we had some major findings. One of which is, as a supervisor, when I'm looking to trust my subordinate, they look largely at ability. Is it surprising? Not really, because um, supervisors want subordinates who can deliver, who can do their work. So, they are more concerned about whether work is being done. However, if you look at subordinates trusting a supervisor, when they think of, you know, do I really want to uh, work harder? Do I trust this person? Then they are looking more, not so much in terms of ability, not that it's not important, uh, it is important, but they would place more emphasis on integrity, Um, Does my supervisor have values that, you know, align with mine and are generally known to be a reliable, uh, someone who has, um, you know, good values that we all believe in versus does the supervisor look after my interests? Because what happens is in organisations, especially as a subordinate, you're vulnerable, right? And when you trust somebody, you are saying, I'm not going to monitor the person. I'm just going to go out. And with the understanding that I'm going to be vulnerable to a person, but the person will not take advantage of me. So trust being a relationship, that means the individual uh, is very concerned about whether someone is watching their back and has good intentions towards them. So as a subordinate, uh, benevolence becomes a lot more important. And that's what we found in uh, one piece of
0: our research. Which countries did this piece of research cover? And do the three factors of trustworthiness apply across geographical regions? Um, the research
1: we've been doing, uh, we've collected data in China, largely Shenzhen. We've collected our data in Turkey, largely Istanbul. Uh, we've collected data in India, in the IT company in Hyderabad. And uh, the fourth country they've collected data in is in the Netherlands. So we have a good mix of countries that you know, are more Western, less hierarchical, more individualistic. That is um, the Netherlands versus countries that are more collectivistic, more hierarchical, um, some of which are more Asian, one of which is uh, straddles Asia, and Europe. So uh, we have a good mix of different countries. Now, what came out uh, very clearly to us was that in the individualistic country, that is the Netherlands, um, folks look to ability when they think of trust that means whenever you know you ask them who do you trust in organizations i mean or rather the supervisor that you trust what plays the biggest role in your decision to trust they tend to mention ability that the person can deliver gets the work done and is known for their capability for example they are able to um, increase business now For the more collectivistic countries, um, there's a little bit of a nuance out there. I mean, given that Shenzhen is one of the economic zone that China has put aside to grow enterprises, uh, we do find that uh, ability plays a big role. However, what comes up a lot in our discussion and in our interviews, the data shows that, for example, in China, benevolence plays a big role. People always talked about how a supervisor looks after their interests who plans their career for them, who will give them good opportunities to go ahead and who watch their back when um, crisis happens, are the ones that place a lot of trust in. So we do see a difference between how individualistic cultures, such as um, the Netherlands, meaning people looking after their self-interest and seeing themselves as individuals versus as part of a collective, all right, that is what we call individualistic culture versus collectivistic culture, meaning folks who feel that they are part of a bigger collective, all right? so for example, China, for example, uh, India, for example, Turkey, um, they place a lot more emphasis on benevolence. And what's even more interesting is that um, they make a distinction between what I would call professional benevolence versus personal benevolence. Now, what's that? In a lot of the narratives, a lot of the um, interview data that we collected, folks do not just talk about benevolence at work. They also talk about, you know, benevolence in their personal lives, which is a very interesting one because sometimes we think about it, you know, when we think about trust, you trust somebody at work. All right. And the Western literature has always placed a lot of dichotomy in terms of a professional life versus a personal life. However, in the more collectivistic cultures, we find that um, that demarcation and distinction is not quite there. In other words, you know, it's porous. Uh, Folks look at how they're treated in their personal lives as well. They, you know, mention things like, hey, a good supervisor that I trust is one who keeps my secrets, All right, who would share my personal life with me as well. On the whole, for a lot of folks, that's what they mention. So. Coming up from the research that I do with Asti, this was um, a very interesting one because it only tells you that, you know, as a supervisor, it's not enough, all right, to develop your subordinates' careers professionally, but also take an active interest in their lives. We think that there's a lot of implications for bosses, for supervisors in the workplace. Another piece of research which is very interesting, which I did with a whole bunch of SME owners in Singapore with um, one of my students from before uh, in a paper published as Tan and Chi. Uh, so we interviewed bosses, all right? And we asked bosses, how do you decide to trust a subordinate? Along the same team as what we found in the research with Arzowasti was hey, bosses said, you know, I will see if the person's failure to their parents to decide if they are trustworthy. And for a lot of us, when we looked at that, we go like, why is there an emphasis on the personal life or the character of the person, so to say? And one of the conjecture we have, and we think is brought by some of the research that's been done in other places and triangulates well, is that, hey, you know, for the Chinese folks who are more Confucius-based, more collectivistic, you are one person. You are not so-and-so at work, you are not so-and-so at home. You are one person, so it doesn't matter where the context is, your behaviours should be consistent. And
0: they use that as the basis for inference about trustworthiness. So far, we've been discussing trust-building among people who share the same cultural background. Given the diverse nature of today's workplace, is there research that examines intercultural trust-building, there's a lot of work in the cross-cultural psychology that looks into
1: uh, intercultural relationship building. Uh, however, in the organisational research, there is only a very small stream, I would say maybe a couple of papers, that look at how people trust across cultures, meaning uh, intercultural, meaning you know, if I am a Chinese going to India, how do I build that trust with my Indian counterparts, for example? Um, Not much work has been done. um, And so the idea is moving from our research that looks into intra-culture trust, we're going to move into intercultural trust. All right, meaning if two people from different cultures come together, how do they build trust? Um, I have a funny story where I was doing a class where this Asian was telling me, you know, they were taught cross-cultural training. And so the headquarters is in Germany. They get to Germany. And, you know, the first thing the Germans asked them was, how's your family? And the Asians were very surprised because in their cross-cultural training, they were told that Germans do not like to talk about their personal lives. So don't ever ask them. However, the Germans' first question was family. And so the Asians said, I don't know what to do. And the Germans said, oh, but we were told that the Asians like to talk about family. So we start with that. So, I think that is a very interesting story that tells us sometimes we really do not understand the processes well enough. And so our next step in the research is to say, hey, what are the commonalities that two people from different cultures can come together to use to build trust, other than understanding each other's culture and trying to do perspective taking, which is important. um, But is there something else that's more generic across cultures that will help in the trust building process? Uh, between people from two cultures versus those that are idiosyncratic and we need um, maybe some rule of thumb, some framework to help us to think through that more carefully. And so this is part of the next step that we're going to do in the research on
0: intercultural trust building. Could you share with us what other research are you currently working on? The other work that we are putting together um, based on the data we already collected
1: was um, to understand what people meant when they say trust in organisation. Um, A lot of the work, for example, the practitioner work that's out there, uh, measures this construct called trust in organisation. We collect data year in, year out. However, when we ask folks in the interviews what they meant by organisation, some of them tell me that, hey, when I think of trust in organisation, I think of my CEO. Some people said, no, I think of my immediate supervisor. Some of them think, oh, it's just senior management. Alright, So it's still not clear and we're trying to untangle that. Further on, we also found out that when folks talk about trust in organisation, uh, one of the key elements they talk about are the HR practices. They will mention supportive uh, HR practices as the means by which they decide whether they would um, trust the organisation or not. Um, which has, I think, implications for HR practices in organizations. I think HR practitioners and organizations have to relook at the extent to which their practices support the well-being, support the career progression, support the development of employees. And the more supportive they are, I think um, the more likely the individual or the employees uh, will trust the organisation because they said, hey, they are looking after my interests. Again, the idea of benevolence and looking after their interests from their perspective. So um, this is ongoing research that we're doing at the moment. Thank you, Professor. You're most welcome.